0: Welcome to Rav Moshe and the Art of Psach. This is the fourth episode in our paradoxically titled series, Things Which Cannot Be Said At All, chronologically tracing the use of the phrase Lonitan Nitan in Igros Moshe. In the previous episodes in this series, we've been discussing um, Ch'tshuva, largely uh, dialogues between Rav Moshe and his um, uncle, Rabbi Kantrovitz, uh, while he is still in Luben. In this episode, we're still in Luben, but uh, some years later, uh, in, a, in a dialogue with the Rav Kachmark, uh the Rav of, in Slutsk, uh, in 50, this is in Tafresh Sadihei, um, Rosh Chodesh Sivan. And what's different about this tshuva, um is that it seems to be a halacha lama'as a tshuva, um, not just an abstract discussion. Uh, we actually covered this truva in our first series, the but as it's one of my favorite tshuva of Moshe, and I think really important, I'm happy with the occasion to look at it again, uh, and with fresh eyes, and um, and see what see what emerges from it. So the first half of the truva, uh, which is what we focused on in the previous thing, was uh, let's talk about the facts first. The facts are as as seems to emerge from the truva, is that a woman whose husband had been missing for many years received a letter from her brother who is fairly far away, uh, saying that her husband had died, and she has a suitor waiting in the wings to marry her. Who it seems may not wait for an extended verification process. Now Hachmar was nervous about allowing the remarriage um, because he, well, he first of all he himself had not seen the letter. It was only a the woman claimed that her brother had sent the letter, and he doesn't know um, the basis for the brother's claim that the uh, that the person had died and he's nervous because they were apart for some time. So Moshe spends the first part of the Triva explaining that the Beit'in has no role in evaluating the um, the basis of the brother's claim. Um, All the Beit'in has to know is that somebody said that the person died with certainty and as long as the witness, even though right, this is a case where Hazal make to believe people who wouldn't ordinarily be believed, right? Otherwise, obviously, he'd be a relative. And this is hearsay um, that in in those cases, Rav Moshe says the Beitin has no discretion. Their only job is to verify the, um, the certainty of the claim. And then he goes through uh, another uh, stage to demonstrate that the brother's claim is treated as certain. So there are a number of moves he has to make. Once the Beitin has verified that the uh, witness whose testimony we will accept in the or whose testimony we will accept in this case is certain, the Beitin does not have to ask any questions, and in fact is not allowed to ask any questions um, beyond that in a case like this, because in a case like this, the a, a delay caused by a desire for verification may lose the woman uh, her match, and that makes her the equivalent of an aguna. So all that is. Uh, all that is a uh, very beautiful uh, expression of Rav Moshe's commitment uh, to be matir, even um, these cases, which would not ordinarily, I think, be thought as long-term uh, long term egun, but he says that, you know, when you have somebody who, um, right, who's been married previously, been unmarried for, been practically, right, a grass widow, I guess, so to speak, for a long time, and has a suitor, you don't make them, uh, you don't make them wait. But now we get to the heart of, um, right, of of this part right, this part of the tribute. he says. So Rabbi Achmark wrote that the Rama writes um, in Shulchan Arach, that even though the Gemara records a Chazaka that women will not um, dare be uh, brazen enough. To claim in the presence of their husband that he divorced them, uh, and therefore a claim that you divorced me in the husband's presence is believed. So Rama says not nowadays. Um, nowadays, nowadays, because the nefesh um prisusa, there, where there's lots of there's lots of chutzpah or um, she's no longer believed, uh, at least not Lakula, uh, to say that. Now that principle itself, the Ramah is. Uh, is based on Maram, I believe, which is itself subjected to Shach uh, in Gvorah Anashim I think, says that maybe the, Ram- the Maram was not making a claim about the women of his time generally, but was making a claim um, about a sp- the specific woman to whom he was speaking about the tshuva. but Let's treat it as the simple reading of Ramah is that nowadays that um, we no longer believe uh, women because that Chazakah no longer applies Isra Chazaka is the phrase that uh, people use incidentally right this is just an obvious example that Chazakos are uh, socially dependent um so at least the, the legal impact of Chazakos is socially um is, so, is socially dependent but it's interesting like, what does Bisman mean so the Ramach writes Bisman presumably referring to the 16th century and to his location but he's quoting a tshuva that comes from um, four centuries or so, um, or so earlier. So what does bizmanazem mean? Um, so I guess what we'd say is, yeah, you know, that we have the like, sort of a chazaka, right? The chazaka de, de meikara that the default setting is that if somebody claims that reality has changed, so that new reality is the reality until somebody claims that it it's changed back. Um, so the maram says, if we understand him, that nowadays the relationships between husbands or wives are not such that um, wives will be afraid or would just feel it socially inappropriate to claim that they are divorced when uh, in their husband's presence when they are not. Um, So that's that that was true in the time of the Gemara, it's not true um, in the time of the Haram, and now it um, and now we, the Ramah presumes that right, he does, looks around; he doesn't see a rad, evidence of a radical social change back to the Gemara. Okay, but Rav Moshe says that Rabbi Hachmark said, "Vekalvachomer hadvarim." Um, I don't know if Rabbi is lying, but he says, the hadvarim," applying to his case. So, what does "kalvachomer hadvarim" mean? So, it could be Rabbi Hachmark is saying that if the Ramah says that we no longer believe women to say gay Rashtani in the presence of their husbands, then the Ramah means that Kalvachomer, we no longer believe women to claim that their husband has died, which obviously, uh, right, we're not talking about a case of a woman claiming their husband has died in the presence of her husband. That would be kind of extreme. Um, but, right, so Kalvachomer, right, says there's no, right, since there's not even the restraint on, um, on lying of the presence of the party you're attributing an action to. So if we don't believe women to say, Gei uh that you divorced me. So certainly we should not believe them to say that he is dead. Um, so if that's the argument that uh, Rehachmark is making, Rav Moshe responds with a pretty straightforward claim, which is, wow, somebody should have said so. It's been, um, it's been you know five centuries. All uh, right, we're in the late eighteen nineties, I guess. Right, so it's in the, um, actually, sorry, we're the, sorry. We're in the we're in the nineteen um, thirties. So it's it's um, it's pretty clear, um, that uh, right that, in the centuries between the Ramah and uh, right the and us, right, the four centuries or so, we should, have um, somebody should have said that we no longer believe women in this case. and the whole record of all H-Halachic literature, nobody says that we don't believe women nowadays about the deaths of their husband because nefichei <laughs> pretzusa. If that's the case, Rav argument is entirely correct. Um, right? In that case, Rav Moshe is, um, right, and that's what Rav seems to attribute to Rabbi Hochmark, and his response is then a really good example. The first one we've really seen, where he, uh, right, where he can genuinely, genuinely uh, he can say, without fear of contradiction, I think, Here's what he says, right? You can't say that women aren't believed to uh, write what they say, to say their husbands have died. It is obvious that uh, she's believed nowadays, so long as she doesn't have one of the specific invalidations that apply to women testifying in this particular case. Because Never made any comment against the Shulchan Aruch's claim, but, right, he makes it about Geirish Tani, but the Rama says nothing about Mesa Bali. So obviously the Ramah agreed. So it's obvious the Ramah also held that she's believed that in Shum nobody disagrees about this. So again, for the first time I think we have the The Remush says and so far as I know, in fact nobody other than Rabi Hachmark ever um, ever disagreed. We find this obvious obviously permitted um, in that um in in the in various trivosakronum and he says, Look, and also, um Vigamba etzem lo dame and really the cases are not comparable at all. So even even if I didn't have conclusive evidence from silence that nobody ever raised this objection, uh, it wouldn't make sense to say Kava anyway. Um because the uh, the case there, with the specific the specific argument is um, is a case where the woman is contradicting her husband. Her husband says I didn't divorce you, and she says no, you did divorce me. So in that case, why would we believe her more than him? The only reason we believe her more than him is because we have the chazakah of a lack of chutzpah. and now um, right now we don't have that. But that's not the logic that gemara uses um, in the case of of a case of, of Mate Baal. The gemara, the reason that gemara uses there is that you don't say something which uh, can be easily disproven. The husband could show up alive and then you won't be able to contradict it, right? So that's what, right? So the the basis of the Chazakah is entirely different. And if Rabbi Hachmark had actually meant what Rav Moshe actually meant what Rav Moshe says he meant, which is that we can derive from the Ramah's position about Gerosh Tani on a Kalvachomer that the Ramah would disagree uh, in the case of Mait Bale, then this would be a, a marvelous um, paradigm instance of something which in fact is and a really a, a really um, powerful use by Rav Moshe of the phrase, and maybe a transition to um, to using the phrase in a very rigorous sense. But it's not obvious to me uh, that that's what Rabbi Hochmark meant. In fact, what I taught the Tshuva last time, it was obvious to me that Rabbi Hochmark didn't mean that. And when Hochberg says the Kalvachomer uh, Hadvarim, I imagine, right, that he's uh, fine enough Talmud to realize that there's no Kalvachomer from Gerosh Ani to Mesa uh, Anochi to, uh, and that to make up such a thing would be radical. What he means, I think, is that if the Ramah said in his time that there are so many Chatzifusa upritusa, let alone back to the Maram, and that was enough to override... The Chazaka which allowed Chazal to say Gerish Ani. So Kalvachomer in his time, and remember we're talking about the uh, the um, pre-war uh, Soviet uh, pre World War Two Soviet Union, uh, where there's really an enormous amount of um, ideological anti right, anti uh, anti religious rhetoric. Um, so he says in our day, Kalvachomer, all Chazakas which presume that people will be honest with religious authorities, no longer right, No longer reply. Um, certainly, like we're not gonna relax the rules on the assumption that people wouldn't lie. Um, because when it comes to Beitin, there's enormous amounts of chutzpah and priests And I imagine he said, look, there are women living without a get, with, with other people, right? That the whole system is breaking down. I think that the Kalvachomer that Rabbi Achmark is making is much more likely the Kalva um, from the time which was re- we referred to as in the Ramah to his time and then he makes a second move which is to say well now that it's Kalva so if the Ramah was, was willing to say that in his time we don't eat right we don't believe women about so the relationship the credibility has eroded to a point where we can say we don't believe women now on um, when they claim that they are unmarried um so the question is whether, first of all, again, I don't have Rabbi Hachmark, Rabbi Hachmark um, in any form other than the way Rav Moshe presents it. Rav Moshe seems to be quoting, and the quote he says is called V'chomor Um And it could be that Rav Moshe absolutely, uh, it could be that A, Rav Moshe understood Rav Hachmark correctly, and it could be that even Rav Moshe understood Rav Hachmark uh, incorrectly, but he understood, Rabbi, but, but his, um his response is solely aimed at his understanding of Rabbi Hochmark. Um, what I would prefer to say, but I can't demonstrate it, is that Rav Moshe is reacting against the possibility, not the argument, but the possibility of claiming that we would no longer believe women who say that their husband has died, um, let alone believing you know the other uh, witnesses who are not formally credible, um, in cases like that. I don't know if he thinks it specifically, I don't know if Rehachmer's argument applies specifically to the to the wife or not. Maybe it applies to the brother as well. Um, and Rehachmuk thinks that the, right, the Chazal made this Takana, not, right, they had an argument, they had a svara for believing people in this case, but they also had a moral imperative, which is otherwise we'll have lots of women wandering around um, as agunas forever, because you're simply not going to get two witnesses testifying uh, that the husband died uh, in our presence, right? You have to get right, ready if we're talking about formal, or in the presence of a beit uh, right? Two Jewish male Orthodox, right? Where, where, how are you gonna, right? How are you, How are you gonna get that? So the social consequences are horrific, um, as opposed to gerush right? So just tell the husbands, write another get. Um, so I I think that Rav Moshe's underlying claim here about luni tanliamir klal is a moral claim, right? You can't say things like that or at least I'd like to argue, you can't say things like that because the truth is even saying things like that uh, will create an atmosphere of fear that will make people afraid to allow women to remarry because somebody else will, um, right? I think Rav Moshe is aware that you can um, but you can poison the well, you have a chilling effect, uh, just by saying, I'm not sure. This seems to me like a possibility. So I would rather read Rav Moshe that way, that his his reaction is not to the... Formal argument Rabbi Hachmark makes, but to the but he thinks the conclusion uh, is impossible, and he thinks the conclusion is impossible because it doesn't square with halacha as the way he understands it, um, which you know goes out of its way to say we can't have lots of women wandering around that way, and then I'd argue that you know that in his particular context, um, where I think um, men are already disappearing to uh, to labor camps and other places like that, so that would have a particularly uh, radical effect, and then you could argue sociologically that in, in an environment where the bonds of religion are enormously weakened, and all of a sudden you have you have a a massive new Aguna problem, that the effect on Orthodox culture uh, would be unbearable. So I would like to say that that's what Rav Moshe means by the Shinin Tan Lehem cloud This is something that you really can't say here, um, but I have to admit that the Rav Moshe can be read more simply as a claim that Rehachmark's argument is simply impossible. Uh, even so, um, right, this is, this is the first case where a Moshe used the phrase about an argument that is genuinely impossible. It really is not possible to say, I think that the meant that, as opposed to in his dialogues with Rabbi uh, Kontrowitz. And I wonder um, whether that's because this is a, an actual lamaasa case, and that means, I, and that Rehachmark's use of the phrase will be different uh, when he's arguing um, halach concre- in a concrete case, really there are three kinds of contexts: arguing halach in a concrete case, arguing halach but abstractly, and arguing solely about pshat and the Gemara. Um, so I'm wondering whether we can see Rav Moshe uh, over time that Rav Moshe develops a more consistent um, uh, use 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 of the phrase in these various con- in these various contexts. Thank you, and we'll see you next episode.